Hey guys, this is Chelsea Schaefer and this is The Score. This is the Team Roping Journal's venture into the world of podcasting. On this show, you'll be able to bring the Team Roping World's movers and shakers on the road or to the office with you. They'll be telling stories and talking through some of the issues facing this sport. As the editor of the Team Roping Journal, I'll be your host. Hey guys, this is Chelsea Schaefer and this is The Score, the new podcasting venture from the Team Roping Journal. This is our third episode. This one will be with Billy Jack Sabins, the uh, Nawada, Oklahoma healer, um, who's roping with Coleman Proctor this year. But first, I brought Tara Trask, who is our producer, into the studio to chat with me. We just want to talk a little bit about why we're doing this new venture um, and where the idea came from. Yes. Hi, everybody. Um, with The Score, I'm Tara Trask, a.k.a. TK Trask, for those of you who maybe follow me or not follow me on social media. But um, yes, I came on board with the Equine Network, and Chelsea and I have chatted, and she wanted to start a podcast because obviously that's the where everything's going, I mean, essentially. Um, and what a better way than the team roping community to offer just something, a little added bonus to the team roping journals online in print everything else and um chelsea you're rocking it oh my goodness well so the the whole podcasting i'm a podcast junkie that's all i listen to Mm -hmm. um but the idea came around because i just spend my entire day on the phone in my cubicle and everybody that i work with has to listen to my side of the conversation with um, everybody from three healers up to the best in the world. And there's so much stuff that we talk about every every single phone call that does not make it into the magazine and doesn't make it online. Um, and I just have thought that these guys have so much interesting stuff to say that nobody ever gets to hear because they're just lost in phone conversations and in my head. And so often in the practice pen, guys will say, oh, can you, like, what's so-and-so like? Or or what's Clay Tryon really like? Or they, they want to know who these guys are. And I feel like these conversations and these podcasts are just kind of a way to answer some of those questions, at least a little small part. And I think that they also represent your relationships with these guys. Um, I mean, you've built a solid foundation of years and years and years of working Spin to Win, now the Team Roping Journal. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) kind of talk about your background and how you got started with the Team Roping, um, I guess, area. Yeah. um, I started working for Spin to Win out of college. I, I worked for Horse and Rider for about 10 months. They hired me fresh out of college. And pretty quickly... I switched over to Spindle and Rodeo and was there as the managing editor and kind of managed all the social media just as social media was becoming a thing. Um, I, I think Spindle and Win had about 4,000 followers um, on Facebook when I started. And so just being the, the social media girl for the sport of team roping for a long time. So now, thankfully, I'm, I am... My role has expanded, and we we started the Team Roping Journal in July of last year. The first issue was a September issue. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have gotten to know these guys, the ins and outs of the personalities of the team roping industry. And so just want to kind of share that with everybody because I think, you know, at the Team Roping Journal, we've done a pretty good job of being very honest and and clear about who these people are. 
But there's just so much more. These are very complex people, and there's a lot to their stories, and I am here to tell them. And the one thing about you two that um, I've always respected, because we've known each other for quite some time, quite some time. now. <laughs> we, we were social media girls together. We were, like, yeah, we were those social media girls together. <laughs> but the fact that you have, you know, earned your place in this industry. Oh, and wow, I thanks. mean, you've really, I mean, I don't think a lot of people know who you are and I'm really glad you're stepping in <laughs> front of the microphone, not behind the microphone. Because I mean, you think back to that Trevor and Patrick video, the, of when Patrick fell off the horse at the NFR. And I like how, that you used fell off. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to give him some credit. I like that he fell off. Yeah. He got bucked off. Well, he didn't even get bucked off. He just, I mean, of, the horse bucked. A yeah, little, but yeah, he, kind of, he rolled off. It's fine. Yeah, he rolled Sorry, off. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> but to know that you were the mastermind behind that, I think that that's important for the audience to also write. Oh, man. No, that was that was just, I, I, there was no masterminding to that. That was sitting on the other side of the camera and these two guys being willing to be very honest about <laughs> what, very, very brutally honest about the whole thing. It was, it was a blast. Um, and I'm forever grateful that they chose me to, <laughs> to open up to. So that's it's been awesome. And this episode is full of interesting things from somebody you don't hear a lot of because Billy Jack Sabins. Um, you hear a lot about his healing, but you don't hear a lot about Billy Jack because Billy Jack doesn't talk a whole lot. So mm-hmm. luckily, um, at the timed event this year, um, he sat down with me and we got to visit. Coleman told me uh, beforehand, good luck. He's not going to talk about anything but his horses. Um, But luckily, if you just talk to Billy Jack about his horses, you learn a whole lot because that man is a master. Um, He is such an awesome horseman. And I have so enjoyed watching him kind of break out over the last two years. He's just been unbelievable to watch. So Before we get into Billy Jack's episode, kind of let's talk about news. What's happening in the team roping industry California. Everybody is in California. Um, the jackpots have been great. I know Jake Cooper and Logan Medlin won the Hork Dog. Um, the Cesar De La Cruz and Blake Hughes uh, won the Brock Cresta, which is a really special roping and obviously really special to everybody that knew Brock. Um, and Cody Snow and Wesley Thorpe, who have been hot all winter. Wesley Thorpe has been just on fire. They just won Red Bluff this weekend. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to seeing the rest. By the time you guys hear this episode, there will be a lot of action that has happened in between this in the next few days. So the Clovis is getting ready to start. The Pickens are open. Who James Pickens? We had a feature on him um, a few issues ago in the Team Open Journal. Obviously, the Chief from Grey's Anatomy. He puts on a open because he really believes in open ropers and it supports one of his charities. Um, so that that happens tomorrow. We're recording this, like I said, on Monday. You'll hear this podcast about Thursday or Friday. So um, we'll stay tuned to the website. We'll have the winners and the stories about the winners on our website and on our social channels. Um, and then, obviously, the USTRC and the World Series are chugging along. There's so much good stuff happening at the association level. And there will be new announcements rolling out throughout the year about the USTRC and about the U.S. finals. Um, the Junior NFR has been just a huge hit. Uh, we're so excited to see all those kids coming out um and we're open at the u.s are opens and we're open at the world series are opens just just in the junior nfr qualifiers so um it's been a very busy spring and very busy winter for team ropers and hopefully it just keeps on rolling 
Very good. Any highlights um, in this current issue of the Team Roping Journal that you want to share? Oh, my gosh. Anybody who may be not doesn't get the, the magazine yet? Yeah. Um, the May issue, Like I, I said this in the last podcast, it's the biggest issue we've ever done, 178 pages plus a 44-page BFI supplement. Um, the... This feature well, um, which is for people who don't know magazine talk, the feature well is the, the big, long stories in the back of the book. Um, Justin Cunningham, who passed away February 11th in Loveland, Colorado, he was a World Series roper. We, we tell his story. Um, the family was so willing to open up to me, um, and I learned so much about what an amazing guy Justin was, and he, he passed away um, from carbon monoxide poisoning in his horse trailer. I really hope everybody takes a chance um, and, and reads it and and, and maybe sit down and, and be somewhere alone because it's pretty, it's a very sad story, um, but we can all learn a lot from it. So and especially as you get ready to get in your trailers and go to the jackpots um, and go to the rodeos this summer, um, make sure your carbon monoxide detector is working. Make sure your trailer has one. Do not park too close to anybody else. Um, if you're going to run your generator, gosh, just plug in every chance you can because th- those generators can be really dangerous. Um, and gosh, that, that, that story will stick with me forever right. for sure. Um, and, and there's a lot more light. There, there's not just sad in the issue. There's a lot of light stuff. Um, Julie Mankin, who's been one of our um, greatest contributors for the last de- decade or more, probably, Julie, um, she did a story on where all these great horses, where some great horses are in retirement and what their retirement life looks like. So that that's a really fun little photo essay and, and little stories about these great horses. So. Well, with that said, without further ado, let's let's roll right into this episode of The Score. Go ahead and introduce, Chels. Yeah, um, enjoy this episode with Billy Jack Sabins. Um, as of today, he's seventh in the world. Um, he's got 29,001, and I'm sure there's a lot more great things to come. But in the meantime, enjoy. Were, were you always the kind of guy that had to have good horses and had to ride right and had to have your horses working right or were you ever like one of those guys that just needed transportation grizz that's all i can say <laughs> no i mean I, I prefer them to be working better but no i've not always been like that when did horsemanship become a priority for you um when i started working for duke and when whenever we had to start selling horses and if you ride a horse at the rodeo and he looks like crap people aren't going to buy him so the, the better I could make him look you know there it helped to sell horses and and I like the show horse deal and kind of like that side of it I think I think it's cool who did you learn the most from in the horsemanship department there's been a lot of people um a lot of different people and a lot of just watching people but I spent quite a bit of time with JD out there um and then, I mean, there's just a lot of different people, Brad Lund, uh, and just people that you wouldn't expect, you know, that you wouldn't even know, just picking stuff up from and stuff. What did, um, did JD reach out to you, or when you guys started buying horses from JD, did you just kind of... It was, it, I don't even remember, it was like 2010 or something, they had a show at Oklahoma City, they used to have a futurity there called Battle in the Saddle or something. And they, uh, that was the first place they ever showed and just kind of met J.D. through that. And he, and I don't know if he invited me or if I invited myself to come out. But either way, I went out there and stayed and had went back several times since and just got to be friends. And 
that stuff. So, what does JD do so much better than everybody else? He knows horses. Like it's not really like something you can just tell somebody. He just knows good horses, and I mean he's been through the whole you know team roping growing, and and right. he can see so much in horses and in people and what little things can help them and stuff like that. And some people like it, some people don't. He'll just tell you what he thinks, and that's that's helped me quite a bit. It's not always what you want to hear, but he's usually right. What is your bad habit? Do you have a bad habit when it comes to horses? I expect too much too fast. I've gotten a lot better at it, Like, uh, but you start a horse. A good horses start fast, so you start in a month, they're really good, so you think in two months how good they're going to be. It don't work like that. They may start fast, but just... No matter, how, no matter how good they are, just just give them the time and don't rush nothing. And the hardest thing to do is turn one out whenever he's working good. But especially young horses, that's what they need. And JD taught me that a lot. Like you don't need to be hauling them when they're four and five. I know some horses can take it. Some horses make great horses that way. But overall, that's not not the way to do it. Six, seven, eight. And that'll make them good until they're twenty-five. Rather than you see horses that are good at six, seven, eight, and crippled at nine, and are blown. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, just take take your time because that's just what they need. Where did Kevin come from? Um, I bought Kevin from a guy named Seth Jordan through Clay Logan. Clay Logan kind of had him and showed him, I think, or something. I don't really know a lot about who owned him. I know Seth owned him, and and Clay told me about him. So that's how I got him. Were your parents horse trainers? What? No, my my granddad roped some, and he's just kind of an old cowboy guy. He knew horses, but he didn't know them great, and he, you know, just kind of old school. He roped good for, I guess, being from eastern Missouri. He was, well, a handier guy, but he wasn't a horse trainer by any means. And he was the only person in my family. I guess my uncle roped a little bit, but he was the only person that really roped. So where did it come from for you? Like, where did you get the bug? I don't really know. I just, it just happened, I guess. Whenever I got into high school, I played, you know, little league sports or, like, mm-hmm. football and stuff up until high school. And then I just got over that and started roping. And Did you have horses around your house? Or? So I lived in town. Me and my mom lived in town, and my granddad lived outside of town, probably 10 or 15 miles. And I'd go out there once a week or something. Then on the weekends, I'd go out there and I'd stay out there in the summer and stuff. But... I mean, it's not like, like, I mean, I was raised around horses, but it's not like most people where their parents are roping all the time or something like that. So where did you, like, who who kind of took you under their wing? Um, nobody? Nobody, really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when I went to college, I just, I went to Fort Scott, which, I mean, it's not really known for ropers or anything. It's kind of a rough, rough stock school, um. I don't, I don't really know. I just kind of did it. Then whenever, whenever I got to started working for Duke, which that deal was kind of weird too. It's not like Duke was an established horse guy, or I mean nothing like that. He got to be friends. I sold him a horse that I had, and he, uh, I don't know, called me one day and said, "You want to start a rope horse deal?" And I said, yeah, sure. And we bought like three horses. One of them, we went to a sale and bought three horses. And at the time, I think we spent like four thousand bucks and. <laughs> one horse reared out every time and I thought I don't know why I thought but that's the one that's what I bought <laughs> so I don't I mean 
Duke when, helped what it year a lot. was that? When that was 2010, probably 2011, something like that. Did you think you would be a two-time NFR qualifier by that point? Like, was that... It's kind of weird because, I mean, it was a dream, I guess, but it was... I. I knew I could. I just didn't know when. Or you know what I mean. I didn't have a timeline on it. It's just kind of one of those deals. I always thought I would be there. I didn't yeah. rope near good enough then, mm-hmm. or ride near good enough then. But it's just I don't know. I'm not going to say that at that time I didn't see myself being where I'm at because it's what I wanted. So it was. But I don't know. four thousand dollars worth of three horses. Well, we bought four thousand a piece, and it was. <laughs> There was a lot of those <laughs> to get us to where we're at yeah, now. So. I bet. Um, there were a lot of partner changes in the last two months. Did you get a lot of phone calls? Not a lot. Um, a couple. And I don't know. I feel like me and Coleman kind of have, like I told him when we talked about it, I said, well, I feel like we're on the verge of being a great team. I think we're a good team now. We're not a great team, and I don't know why. I just feel like we're on the verge of it, and I think, I don't know, we're really good friends. I think he ropes good. I think we're both at a spot now where we've always been serious about it, but him having the kid, and I think that's changed his outlook on some things, and me just, I mean, I'm kind of at a point where I feel like, man, I just need to step up and do better, and uh, kind of got the horse deal established a little more to where, like, whenever I go somewhere now, I just take the good ones. I don't take as many colts. And I know that's hard on partnerships and my rope and, and the whole deal when he's on his good one and I'm riding a five-year-old or six-year-older. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I'm excited about our deal. Do you think it's – do you think rodeo is getting faster, like – at a faster rate than it ever has before, like with how fast San Angelo was. Man, just, it's crazy. Even, you know, when I started jackpotting a lot going to Texas four, three or four years ago, if you went to a five-head rope and if you caught them clean, it made just good runs. You was going to win something. You probably wouldn't go in first. Now, you can catch off. I mean, you might not win anything. Like, you just got to go at them every time. Mm-hmm. And you don't see, you, you know, before, and... Like I say, three or four years ago, it was kind of in the clay and jade air, and there's there's a couple teams that won every time. There's not that anymore. There's yeah. not one team that wins every time anymore. Luke and Jake have been killing them everywhere, but other than that, like there's not one team that's just like it used to be. Mm-hmm. There was two or three teams that just won yeah, it all. Yeah. And now we're gonna take a break from this conversation to learn a little bit more about our presenting sponsor, U.S. Rider. U.S. Rider is the premier equestrian roadside assistance program in the industry. Membership includes 24-7 nationwide roadside assistance coverage in any vehicle you are traveling in, as well as coverage for horse trailers, whether you have horses on board or not. In addition, members receive an extensive package of discounts on equine-related goods and services, regular equine travel, and safety information and insurance products to fit all of your needs as a horse owner or business. Two levels of membership are available to meet the needs of all horse enthusiasts, owners, competitors, and business people. Coverage includes towing up to 100 miles for truck and or trailer, roadside repair service, tire repair and replacement, lockout service, jump starts and fuel delivery, emergency stabling, farrier and vet referral, and discounts on equine products and services. I want to tell you a little bit about that fuel delivery. My husband got his very first brand new pickup truck and we were headed to Arizona from Colorado this winter and he pushed the limit a little bit on that E and we ran out of fuel in the mountains outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I tried the 
roadside assistance that was in the truck, built into the truck, and had no luck getting a hold of anybody to come out and bring us fuel. But I climbed to the top of a hill, got cell service, and called US Rider. Their first question was, are you and your horses okay? Absolutely, we were okay. We were just broke down and stuck. They sent somebody out within a half hour with five gallons of fuel, and that person followed us the whole way into Albuquerque to make sure we got a full tank of fuel to get on to our next destination. Guys, they are awesome. I have used them more than I would like to admit. Um, so check it out at usrider.com and um, send us your feedback on it at the Team Rope and Journal. We'd love to hear from you. They're a great product. Tell your friends about it. And thank you to US Rider for supporting the score. Mental toughness. We've done stuff on mental toughness with you. Your confidence is kind of in your horsemanship and your. Where do you, tell me on this where your confidence comes from. Uh. Just in preparation, I think. I don't know if I work harder than anyone, but that's all I do. I mean, I don't have another job. I don't. When I walk out of the house, it's what I do. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so I'm pretty confident in that. Um, and just trust in the process. I was thinking about that, like me and Coleman all winter, and it was the same last winter. We went to San Antonio this year and had, well, I mean, we had 5,000 on. We hadn't won very much. Haven't, didn't win anything at the jackpot, but. Just kind of trusting in what we're doing is going to work, I guess. Like that gives me confidence. So never freak out or panic or mm -hmm. think you're not good enough or whatever. Yeah. Just keep working at it. Keep your head down. It always works out. Do you never get like you're? You seem pretty even killed. There are guys that definitely ride the highs and lows, and that works for them. Have you ever been that way? Like where you? No, I've never. I've never been that way. I think. It kind of sounds arrogant to say a little bit, but like whenever I win, people say, "Great job! Can you believe you did it?" This, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, why are you so surprised? It makes me a little mad. Like, why are you so surprised I did good? Like, you not expect mm -hmm. me to? So, I guess that keeps me from the highs and then the lows. Like, I, mean, I just know it's tough, and I'm going to mess up, and I get mad just like anybody. But mm -hmm. I think I'm I've gotten better at not letting it get to me. You know, I'll mess up. And then bounce back usually pretty quick. Mm. I don't hold on to it for too long. What's the Especially worst slump when, you've ever been in? When I missed two in the first round at the time to Vince. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was a little stressful. Oh, God. My stomach kind of flip-flopped just for you. Mm. <laughs> uh, the worst slump, I don't know. Uh, there was, I don't even know, really. Uh, I guess I don't remember it. I, don't, I forgot awesome. about it. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. There were some times... Like this winter, I haven't wrote very good, but but like I say, like I messed up the first one at Denver for a day money. Then we come back and placed in the second round. Same thing at Fort Worth, come back and placed in the second round, uh, and then I missed both of them at San Angelo to win something. So I guess this winter's been about. About that. Are you that way, Abby? Do you not have like? Do you not remember? your slumps or oh no I remember <laughs> yeah me too I mean I, and that's what like Sinji and I were just talking about the two year slump he's been on so that's kind of unique that you don't even that you can't sit here and name one yeah like I can I name when I hit 10 barrels in a row at jackpot like little <laughs> 200 added jackpot so like I can't I, I really I don't I don't know I guess I guess what you always talk about is one where like whoever you're roping with missed like well, Every that wasn't me. Like the first the first year I rodeoed was with 
I don't even want to say you went. But our rodeo and we left and we went uh-huh. to Pleasant Grove on the way out there and we won it. And it was like the first time I left for the summer rodeo and win the first rodeo, we won like 5,000. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is so easy. easy. Yeah. And the next year we caught clean was at Nampa. And we were 6'9". And you know how Nampa is like, we were like 57th yeah. in the first round. <laughs> it, was, it was 18 rodeos or something. Mm. He didn't catch his deer. And we went... <laughs> We went somewhere, and I don't know. It was just one of those deals. It was just crazy. But then from from Nampa to Dodge City, we won like 25000 or something. Like It's just funny how rodeo is. And Jade had told me one time about a slump. Him and Clay Tryon went through uh, something crazy like that. You know, they went into the Northwest. They hadn't caught one for like, or won anything in 45 days, and then they went... 40,000 up there or something mm-hmm. and he told me that then too that's something that stuck with me and me and Jade aren't great friends I don't even hardly talk to him at all but the guys that rodeo and the guys that make the finals they start in Odessa and they're going to September 30th like if you do that like you have to do that if you rodeo for a living you have to do that so I've thought a lot about it too and Chad has said it to me before about messing up or whatever he's like well I don't, mean, I don't know what to do I could quit but I'm not going to do that so I just well I just well figure it out because I'm not going to quit so that kind of helps me huh. stay confident or whatever. I mean, because, yeah, I'm not going to quit, so I just will quit whining about it or <laughs> messing up or whatever, you know. Yeah. I don't know, but, yeah. Okay, well, that is it with Billy Jack. Billy, thank you so much for sitting down with me, guys. We will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, read your team up and journal. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And be sure to leave a review and share this with your friends. Um, An iTunes or SoundCloud review it goes a long way in helping other ropers discover this podcast. And I really appreciate it. Thanks, everybody.